lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. It's the day after the day that still isn't over. It may not be over for quite a while. I, I don't even know. I don't even know where to begin. I can tell you I'm going on about three and a half hours of sleep. Um, I'm hanging by a very thin thread right now. And I love that about me. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. D-E-A-C-E is how to spell the last name. Uh, you might want to go ahead, like us on Facebook now, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show now. Check out our new YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Steve Dace. Do that now, because probably those are all going to be gone in the next uh, few days, weeks at the most, um, given what's going on in the country and what I have to say about it. You can also uh, get uh, your spot to follow us on Parlor right now, at Steve Dace, because... That's probably going to be my only outlet, places like that here, uh, in the days and weeks to come, at Parlor uh, at Steve Dace. You can also check out my new book, the novella sequel to A Nefarious Plot. It drops on December the 15th. If you want to know who is responsible for what you are living through right now, you are now living in times you have read about in history books growing up. If you want to know who's responsible for all of this, get this book, uh, A Nefarious Carol, the sequel to the other book you need to get, uh, A Nefarious Plot, <laughs> all right, which turned out to be A Nefarious Prophecy. But you can get A Nefarious Carol, the sequel book. It drops on December the 15th. Pre-order your copy today at Amazon.com. Todd and Aaron are with me here as well. Um, I'm going to bring them into the conversation in just a moment. Uh, a good time to be reminded as you see, again, the battle lines drawn in America, when you have the opportunity to do business with somebody who shares your values, so you are not funding your opposition, take advantage of it with Patriot Mobile. They share your values. They never charge you hidden fees. And unlike Big Mobile, they they won't send your hard-earned money to Planned Parenthood or other causes that are out to shatter your stained glass windows and end what's left of your way of life. Get the same reliable nationwide service and support a company that loves this country and supports your constitution as opposed to trying to defecate on it. Uh, switching is easy. Keep your phone number. Bring your own phone. You can buy a new one. Right now, when you join their family of freedom-loving Americans, get a free activation plus a free gift with the offer code Steve. A free activation plus a free gift with the offer code Steve. Veterans and first responders, you save even more. But use the offer code Steve at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Or give them a ring on the uh, interwebs at patriotmobile.com slash Steve. That's patriotmobile.com slash Steve. There are 10,000 avenues we could take on today's show. Next hour, uh, we're going to have a roundtable conversation with our good friend, Daniel Horwitz uh, from Conservative Review, is going to be joining us for the full hour, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, who seems more like a weatherman than a prophet right now. Um, We're going to, I don't have a structure for this first hour, folks. Uh, I thought it was important for, uh, you know, Todd and Aaron and I have not had a conversation because I'm still down here in Dallas. I'm now going to be here an extra day uh, to do some stuff for 
uh, Glenn Beck tonight. Uh, so we have not had a chance to compare notes or anything. So I thought for the show in the first hour today, we would just have an open forum for the three of us to discuss and, and catch up and compare notes um, and just let you folks that are tuned in here to Blaze TV radio and podcast just like you're listening into a production meeting of the show or a brainstorming session for the show. Uh, I have been on the phone uh, talking to sources this morning. I'll relay what I can tell you. But I think before we get to any of that, let's go ahead and, and lay some groundwork with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by who were we kidding? It was always going to end up this way. The top four storylines coming out of night one of the 2020 election. As of right now, the projected electoral college makeup is Joe Biden, 227, Donald Trump, 213, with Nevada, Arizona, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Georgia, and Alaska still to be determined. Story number one, what in the world is going on in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania? Early after polls closed in those three battleground states, Donald Trump showed some strong leads, including some surprising leads in key Michigan counties. Throughout the evening, the results kept skewing his direction until at some point, it seemed like all those states just stopped counting. Then, while everyone was asleep, massive spikes in votes for Joe Biden dropped in Michigan and Wisconsin, considerably tightening the races in those states. As of now, Joe Biden apparently has the lead in the Badger and Wolverine states, while Trump still holds the lead in the Keystone state. At one point in Wisconsin, around 4 a.m., a massive dump of 170,000 votes was tabulated into the result, almost all of them for Biden. In Michigan, something similar happened in the wee hours of the morning. A massive dump of 128,000 votes was tabulated into the result, all 128,000 of them for Joe Biden. All of them. President Trump addressed the nation this morning at 2 a.m. This is a fraud on the American public. This is an embarrassment to our country. We were getting ready to win this election. Frankly, we did win this election. So we'll be going to the U.S. Supreme Court. We want all voting to stop. We don't want them to find any ballots at 4 o'clock in the morning and add them to the list. Story number two, the polls were very wrong as expected. With still more votes to be counted, President Trump has overperformed the RCP averages in swing states by a lot. In Ohio, plus seven, Wisconsin, plus six, Iowa, plus six, Texas, plus five, Florida, plus four and a half, North Carolina, plus one, and Georgia, plus one. Story number three, the supposed gatekeeper of conservative media, Fox News, was a hot mess last night. Right off the bat, they called Virginia for Joe Biden basically before a single vote had been counted. Trump ended up holding a lead in that state until very late. There's also the <clears throat> miscounting of 100,000 votes in the state that still hasn't been rectified, so there's that. Fox, along with every other network, was incredibly late in calling Florida and Ohio despite Trump's commanding leads in those states. But the biggest controversy of the night happened when Fox was pretty much the only outlet to call Arizona for Joe Biden, hardly any votes had been counted when they made that call. And as of this morning, and with a half million votes in the state to be counted, the state is still trending Trump's direction and could very well end up in his pocket. 
Story number four, we may be seeing a realignment in GOP politics. President Trump vastly overperformed with Hispanic voters. For instance, Trump won Zapata County, Texas, 52 to 47. He lost that county, 65 to 32, to Hillary Clinton in 2016. That's a county with a 94.5% makeup of Hispanics. In Miami-Dade County, Florida, Trump garnered over a half million votes while still losing the county 53 to 46. Back in 2016, he only received about 300,000 votes and lost the county by nearly 30 points to Hillary Clinton. That county has a 61.5% Hispanic makeup. And finally, this. Marking ballot with pen is permitted. For those of you listening, sorry, you just have to see it. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's montage brought to you by Simply Safe. Every 26 seconds, there's a break in uh, in this country, and uh, it's probably uh, the most of those stats are in places run by Democrats, I would imagine. But with Simply Safe Home Security, you can protect your whole home around the clock. It's serious, lasting protection. It takes a simple 30-minute setup. So simple, even I was able to do some of the setup when we got our Simply Safe at home. You'll even get a free security camera when you protect your home today. More on that, though, in just a second. Simply Safe is an award-winning arsenal of sensors and security cameras that blanket every inch of your home. You're going to know your home and your family are always safe. Did I mention the uh, the setup is so simple? Even I was able to take part in it. Uh, no contract either. No hidden fees. No installation costs. It's why U.S. News and World Report rated uh, Simply Safe the best overall home security of 2020. Right now, visit simplysafe.com. It's S-I-M-P-L-I, by the way simplysafe.com slash truth bombs that's simplysafe.com slash truth bombs and get a free security camera plus a 60-day risk-free trial with any new system order so you got nothing to lose 60 days risk-free plus a free security camera at simplysafe.com slash truth bombs all right guys i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of set a big picture here and then I don't want to get lost in the weeds of specifics because I've, I've looked at a lot of data. I've talked to a lot of people this morning. Um, my body clock's like way off. I, I had like no sleep. Didn't have time to get a workout in because when I woke up, I had to get completely up to speed on everything going on. My phone's been off the hook. So I'm on tilt. I just want everybody to know. Um, <laughs> have you heard me on, on Beck's show this morning? You probably heard some of that. Um, so let me, so I don't ramble on into the weeds. How about I'm going to, I'm going to just assess where I think we are big picture. And then I'm going to let you guys come in. And if there's points you want us to consider, questions you want to ask, and that you guys can help more specifically uh, help me keep the, the the conversation on track. You guys okay with that? Is that all right with you guys? Yeah. Yes. All right. So so big picture, here's where we are. Um, five years ago, I flirted heavily as the host that puts the fun in fundamentalism. I flirted heavily with signing up with Donald Trump. And Todd, you and I had, my wife's in here with me this this morning. Her and I had loads of conversations about it. Todd, you and I talked about it and game theoried it out how many times. You know, and I'd often look at you and say, can I really do that? Really? Yeah, I like the guy. I think he could be a bull in a china shop. I, I I like the fact that he's financially independent from the system. Doesn't give a care, but 
can you really harness that level of energy and not, you know, have a mass amount of collateral damage? Because you've seen that in Donald Trump's life over time, right? Sure. And I've told this story a million times. I don't need to rehash it about why I didn't end up there. And then how I ended up completely on the opposite end of the spectrum where Trump is concerned. I went from one of the guys on the Cruz campaign that was the most adamant that, hey, we're talking to the same people Donald Trump is talking to. You know, there's no point in <clears throat> no point in cannibalizing our own base to by the time we got in the last few months, I was probably the most ardent about being aggressive in confronting him. And then the election happens. I didn't think he had any chance to win. Didn't vote for him. Day after the election, we came on here, said as far as we're concerned on this show, never Trump is dead. We're going to respect the wishes of the American people. We want this presidency to work. We have kids, families, and we're going to call balls and strikes. And so that's what we did for a few years. And we're pleasantly surprised, well, frustrated. There's probably never a point because of Trump's persona that he won't frustrate you. And probably the same is true for me to some degree, I would imagine. I have, a, I have a persona that can frustrate people who even agree with me. Um, but we called balls and strikes on here for a few years. And I think we did a really good job, as best as we could. And then the Kavanaugh hearing happened. And we couldn't believe what we were watching. Just a blatant lie. And it, it forced me to come out and defend a Supreme Court justice that I thought was a terrible choice by Donald Trump and still do and think he will prove that to us, unfortunately. But there was a higher principle at stake. You know, we've always on this show tried to follow the higher principle. When, when I didn't think that Trump's character concerns justified the risk of supporting him, I may have been wrong, but I was trying to follow the higher principle. When I set never Trump aside after he got elected and said, all right, we're going to, Hold to our principles. I remember that very first weekend of his presidency, Daniel, who's going to join us next hour, Daniel and I were on the phone all weekend in, in, in and around him on the Sabbath. We couldn't believe that he picked the immigration fight we wanted the very first weekend. And we looked at each other like, I guess we got to jump in to help. We didn't think that was going to happen. So here we were the very first weekend of the Trump presidency. One guy, I think, who reluctantly voted for him but didn't really want to. Another guy who didn't want to and didn't. And we're like knee deep in the mess in the, in the tr- doing trench warfare with the Trump White House and immigration. Because we weren't going to abandon our principles. We're going to follow as best we could the higher principle. And that's why I abandoned Never Trumpism after the election and said, hey, if he's right, we're on his side. And if he's not, we're not. And the reason I got off the sidelines and vehemently defended Brett Kavanaugh a judge I don't think was a good choice is again the higher principle. He may be a disappointing Supreme Court justice for conservatives. That doesn't mean he deserves to have his life ended with one of the most heinous accusations that can be made and a crime that I think you ought to be given the death penalty for. Doesn't mean we, we, we slander him so he can't coach his daughter's basketball team anymore. Show his face in public. His kids don't feel safe at school. No, we're not doing that in America. It's not, well, I've got a platform. So, even though it wasn't a judge I was fond of, 
Again, in the pursuit of the higher principle, I got off the sidelines. We got off the sidelines and defended Brett Kavanaugh. I even ended up voting straight ticket GOP here in Iowa. I hadn't done that in, you know, 19 or 2004. We started this year with the assumption, assume you're being lied to. Concerned about everything we had just seen with Russian collusion and Brett Kavanaugh, that it would just reach new depths with the election at stake. Having no idea, ultimately, the ninth ring of hell, I think we just passed Dante, that we are now plunging down towards. When, I, when we were contrarian on COVID, not because we didn't believe the virus was real, but we didn't trust the efficacy and the integrity of the models that were telling us it was the end of the world. Again, that was in pursuit of the higher principle. Then by the end of this campaign, when we became about as pro-Trump as, as we are probably capable of being, given how independent all three of us are, how independent-minded we all are, how stubborn uh, and ornery all three of us are, this is probably about as pro-Trump as we could get. But again, that was in pursuit of the higher principle. And, and I, I don't, you know, a good friend of mine texted me yesterday while this was going on, and <clears throat> he's like, thank you for what you're doing. Name you guys would know in conservatism. And I'm like... Dude, I, I do this because I'm not a good person. I don't want to pray for my enemies. I want vengeance upon them, and I want to be the one to extract it, frankly. I like women. I have an ego and a temper. So I don't pursue the higher principle out of self-righteousness. I do so out of a recognition for a lack of my own. I am Romans 7 incarnate. If, if Paul wasn't writing Romans 7 about himself, he could have just signed it. And, and this is about that Steve Dace guy in 2000 years. That's who I am. I don't have a clean closet. I have read in my ledger. It's my recognition of that that drives me to pursue the higher principle because I know how self-destructive I can be on my own. And I know how my personality and makeup can harm and destroy the people around me if I don't. I can be both the Samson at the Canaanite brothel and then the Samson that tears down the pillars of the temple of Dagon and plunges the fish demon face down into the dirt. I, I'm capable of either one and in a given day. And frankly, Todd and Aaron can tell you being around me the last five years, they've seen both of those instincts at times, often on the air. So that's why I'm so zealous about following the higher principle because I know what what Steve Dace will do on his own and who he is capable of 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 doing and becoming. And it's it's that pursuit of the higher principle that I'm going to say what I'm about to say. There is a coup happening in America as we speak. Contrary to popular belief, saying this truth will not help my career. It 
ends it, or increases the likelihood I'm going to get banned from every major platform the longer I pursue it. But I'm going to because I'm looking at the higher principle here. And the higher principle here is this. There is a, there is nefarious and malevolent forces at play in your culture that want to end your way of life. Some of it's self-inflicted, looking at you, Karen. The rest of it, though, is willful, wanton, hates the creed this country was founded on, hates the the call that it puts on the rest of the world to do better, be better, aim higher, hates the inspiration it's provided, hates the way that this country, for all of its flaws and faults, has often been the one that has risen to the occasion, rose to the challenge to put evil down in the world. And it sees there's a chance to fulfill Cicero's prophecy about the enemy in the gate. This is the moment that we can turn you on one another. We can turn your institutions on you. We can force you into a situation. I realized this the last few months, and this is why I began fearing a civil war in America. Because I couldn't figure out. Who in the world picks a fight with the people who have the guns? Who does that? Nobody typically does that. Typically, you round the guns up, and then you pick on people. You don't typically pick on the people with the guns. Are they stupid? No. The opposite is true. They want you to use them. They want you to lock and load. They want the upheaval in the streets. As Todd said, these are iconoclasts. They want the stained glass windows smashed. They want the Bolsheviks and the Mensheviks, the gangs fighting in the streets of St. Petersburg Square. They want the gangs of New York. That's what they want. Because they want to end this country and end our way of life. And so they have systematically taken every avenue you and I have to fight them legitimately and peacefully. They have sought to take all of those methods away. Where would we turn? We don't have a political party. Donald Trump's kind of out there on his own right now. Where's the rest of the Republican Party today? Where are they? You can't go to the courts. John Roberts might reclassify what it means to be a state exchange or a mandate or a tax or a gender. I saw Trevor Noah, of all people, come at me today on Twitter. I just responded with a simple question. What's a woman? Get back to me on that. Where do we turn? Our churches are closed in most of the country still. Now, of course, the answer is to turn to God. That's not what I'm saying. Where do the godly people turn? We have to be directed somewhere. 
We have to move somewhere. We have to go somewhere. Jesus established not a movement, a church, a construct for a movement. Moses gave people the law, a construct for a movement. What is ours? Where do we go? Fox, who practiced voter suppression last night. No ifs, ands, or buts. What went on there last night? That ought to be the final straw for all of you in the sound of my voice right now. We're gathered in places like here at the Blaze because there's a lot of people. Sit sit Dave Rubin and I down in a room and and go over seven or nine issues and three or four of them we're going to vehemently disagree on. But Dave Rubin and I are looking at each other like, where do we go to disagree and have these conversations and be honest and then like live together after, even if we can't come to an agreement, where do we go? What's at work in our country wants to end all of that? They don't want those options available. And, and I realized that they're, they're, they're provoking a civil war. They want you and I to feel helpless and that the only option we have is to take the matter into our own hands. And I am afraid of that. And right now, if I'm going to pursue the higher principle again, right now, I don't see much standing between us and that other than the Trump presidency. I don't know what else is in that gap. You tell me. That it seems like that's where that energy is actually being directed to go. That that's where that movement is being directed to go. I agree. Unlikely proxy. (laughs) how about a kid born to a 15 year old mom met his wife in a hookup AOL chat room unlikely proxy well that's me who has a history of working with unlikely and through unlikely proxies can you name such a being it seems as if that's where the fight is And now is the time for those of us who hear the shofar to answer the call. This is not a time to sit out. This is not a time for nuance. This is not a time for, well, you know, maybe there's a rational... No. No! No. Every one of those people... that you are watching right now. Mark them all off your list. The call's not for them because they're not for the call. If we don't stand here, sorry, late night last night, a lot of stress on my voice. If, if, if we don't stand here now <clears throat> with this presidency, then you are going to see an increasing likelihood you will stand on your own in the streets. 
because that's what they want. This is a lot bigger than Donald Trump. It's bigger than you and I. It's, it's the future of your country. The way of life, are you going to hand that off to your children or not? Are you going to preserve, <clears throat> other than the church, the last best hope for humanity this side of Eden? Or not? Will we be the generation Reagan warned us about that one day we'll have to talk to their children and explain to them what it was once like in America when, when we were free? Because the same people that brought you fake news, fake collusion, fake rape, fake doomsday models, fake polling, have now brought you a fake election. So then the question is, are we the fakes? We the people? What are, as Todd likes to say fondly, and Sean Connery did just pass away, so maybe it's fitting. What are you prepared to do? Are you on your knees right now praying? Are you calling your Republican senator, congressman, saying, where are you at? We saved your sorry ass. Now get off it and do a damn thing. Where are you? This is it. This is the moment. Right now. More in a moment. So what does COVID-19 have to do with losing your home? Turns out that it could be a lot. Cybercrime, according to the feds, has skyrocketed up 75% this year. And it gets even worse because uh, a lot of our home titles are kept online these days as well. And the crime is called home title theft because cyber thieves know this. So they go online, uh, find the title to your home, forge your signature on a quick claim deed, and then refile as the new owner of your home. Before you know it, you're off the title, and they can destroy you by taking out loans on your home, stealing your cash, your equity, sticking you with the payments, maybe even an eviction notice. Thankfully, though, Home Title Lock is here to put a virtual barrier around your home's title so that this doesn't happen to you, and in case somebody tries it, they can mobilize quickly to shut it down. But first things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address to see if you're already a victim at HomeTitleLock.com. And then use the code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. That's the promo code RADIO for 30 free days of protection for your most valuable investment, your own home, at HomeTitleLock.com. All right, I'm working uh, the cough drops today, a little throat steroid after all the talking I did last night and still have to do. So if you hear this, forgive me. Uh, Let's bring Todd and Aaron into the conversation. So gentlemen, uh, the floor is yours to direct this specifically at uh, what you want to know, share, uh, etc. Welcome aboard. Well, I'll just pick up right where you left off. There, there's no avoiding the all-in moment. And quite frankly, as, as important as it is now to fight for uh, Donald Trump on principle, just like it was uh, for Brett Kavanaugh, uh, the, the war is upon you whether you wish it or not, quite quite frankly, these people are so shameless. We, we, 
the press, the pollsters, uh, those counting uh, the votes right now in multiple states, uh, they, I think, if a lot of them, the, the, the diehards, the puppet masters we talked about a little bit yesterday, uh, they see a win either way. If if Biden wins, uh, of course. But right now, the, the Republicans retain the Senate. There, there's going to have to be a period of at least trying to be uh, legitimate in governing in that sphere. And they don't care about uh, being legitimate long term. And they're going to get uh, uh, bored with that. But it's still go- you're, you're going to have people like, wait, oh, you, you won the presidency. Now you still want to throw temperature tantrums? There's going to be a different spin. Quite frankly, at this point, many of them now would take a Trump saved by the Supreme Court, the evil, now conservative Supreme Court, that they could continue to ply their anarchy upon this nation uh, through through chaos. Either way, uh, they're going to be fine. So it, it again brings it right back to where Steve was. There, there's no avoiding the fact that... We are two countries right now. They are irreconcilable. And you must decide what you are willing to do. Man, talk about Sean Connery just dying and the the weird little prophecies that God drops us on sometimes to help us maybe listen a little bit uh, harder. You, 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 you ha- your stake in this country as a birthright does not exist in the progressive mindset. Did you hear last night Joy Reid flat out call Clarence Thomas and Uncle Tom? Did you hear Jamal Hill just saying, if Trump wins, it's because all the white people? Even though, look at the demographics that coming Trump's way, win or lose, it's undeniable. There is nothing that will reset the progressive heart and mind. It is totally given over to chaos. And I'm not kidding. There's, there's a, they're going to play this out, but it's so, it's so ridiculously slipshod and messy, and obviously uh, prone to a desire for being, for being um, just imbecilic. Starting with the Iowa caucuses, ending right here. Aren't, aren't we supposed to be the smartest people in the room? The people we've been waiting for in 2020. We've had elections. We can't count anymore. Over and over and again. We just simply don't know how to count. What should that tell you? They don't want to know how to count. They don't care. You can make fun of them all you want. They don't care. They're going to get what they want, a version of what they want, either way. So you have to fight. You have no choice anymore. You have to fight. Having seen... It didn't take 2020... To do this, but especially having seen all of the lies, all of the at best uh, obfuscations of the truth that we have seen this year, whether it's COVID or racialism in this country, how someone who is really, really, really smart can say with any confidence. Guys, there's just, there's not any attempts to steal this going down. Not even any attempts. 
you know, I'm reminded, and I've seen this, uh, you're, sp- you're spreading conspiracy theories, baseless conspiracy theories, to even insinuate that the election is, is being stolen. Why did they stop counting? What's up with all of the anomaly? What happened in Virginia with the 100,000 votes that were misplaced? There's the, we could go on and on and on. Sharpies instead of pens in Arizona. Are you kidding me? It reminds me of one of my favorite, favorite lines from Breaking Bad. Hank Schrader, um, who, who is the detective, the, the brother-in-law of the main, uh, he's not an anti-hero, but he is an anti-hero, Walter White, the meth lord, the brother-in-law who works for the DEA, finally figures out that his brother-in-law right under his nose has been making meth all this time. Walter White's got himself spun up in another terrible situation that he thinks because of his IQ and his brain power that he can talk himself out of. But at this time, this time he can't. They're, they're pinned down by a, a group of neo-Nazis. And these neo-Nazis are about to kill his brother-in-law, Hank Schrader. And Walter White, the smartest guy, is trying to talk, out, talk, 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 uh, talk Hank out of this situation and talk these neo-Nazis off the ledge who are about to kill him. And Hank turns to Walter White and says, you're the smartest guy I ever met. But even you're too stupid to see he made up his mind 10 minutes ago. Hank doesn't even get through the next sentence before he's shot dead. You're not helping anyone. You're not accomplishing anything by continuing to insist and give any benefit of the doubt to the forces behind uh, Joe Biden's necromanced campaign behind any of the leftist rot guts that we've been exposed to our entire lives that have come to an, a head, that have come to a Pearl Harbor moment in America this year. You're not doing any favors for anyone, much less yourself, unless it's just, unless it's just to put a balm on your conscience somehow. It's a time for choosing. It's a time for choosing. You know, we'll still, hopefully, we'll still be able to enjoy some of the accoutrements that America and being the the exceptional example that it is in the course of human history, we'll still be able to enjoy some of those. You'll still be able to hug your children, hopefully. But folks, what essentially we're making a decision about right now. Do you want to fight a cold or warm civil war, or do you want your children and grandchildren's to fight a hot one? I think that's the decision, Todd and Steve. I think that's the decision that we're having to make right now. Glenn asked me this morning for evidence let me let me provide you some things just as I scroll through my my Twitter feed just uh, f- from today through uh, last night just in real time um, Aaron mentioned voters given sharpies uh, instead of ballpoint pens um, which of course would have their ballots uh, invalidated uh, that went on in Arizona uh, also in Arizona um, 
The New York Times noted, quote, due to an error in an Edison research data feed of the results, uh, the actual estimate is that only 86% of the vote was in uh, instead of uh, 95%. Here was the New York Times final polling numbers in every key battleground state. Rated, by the way, an A-plus pollster by Nate Silver uh, at 538 is the New York Times Siena College poll. They had Biden plus six in Florida, plus four in North Carolina, plus six in Michigan. I'm sorry, this is how much they were off in these states. They're off by six points in Florida, four points in North Carolina, six points in Michigan, 10 points in Wisconsin, 10 points in Iowa, nine points in Ohio. A-plus pollster, according to Nate Silver, at, at 538. Um, I'm going to continue scrolling down here. Uh, in real time. when uh, Last night, when you ran the numbers, Joe Biden needed to win 75, at minimum, 75% of the remaining vote in the state of Wisconsin in order to win the state. Uh, I'm sorry, it's 79% was the number. Uh, apparently got a Hugo Chavez like uh, 85, 90%. Instead, it's a, it's a Christmas miracle uh, what went on uh, in that state. Um. You mentioned what went on in Virginia last night. I don't even know what to say about that. A hundred thousand votes. Uh, what happened in Virginia is, first of all, the networks, including Fox, called the state as soon as the polls closed. And if you're watching here on Blaze TV, I was adamant they need to retract that call because Trump was leading the hard count. Now I said at the time I don't think Trump was going to win the state, but but you can't make a call when a guy we're in, we're past fifty percent of precincts have been counted now, and a guy is clearly ahead, and not by like 5,000 votes. I mean, he was like way ahead. You got to at least let it play out a little longer. Well, they get to the end, they get a massive dump, and Joe Biden goes from behind up by four points in a matter of moments, until a report comes, a local media outlet in Fairfax County, that's the biggest Democratic county in the state of Virginia, comes out and says, hey, there's been an error, and uh, uh, it actually, we gave 100,000 more votes to Joe Biden then we should have. And so the count has to be altered. And then they don't up their, update their website after 1230 Eastern time. Now, I don't know where I'm so busy on what's going on elsewhere. I don't even know what's going on in Virginia. But how does this morning? But how does something like that happen? Folks, <laughs> we know we're the first people to find out that masks stop a virus with our brilliant science. But we can't properly count votes in Virginia? Does that make any sense to you? Um, <laughs> what went on here is maybe it's a coincidence. But everybody seemed to get tired of counting when Donald Trump had a pretty sizable lead in all of these places. They got tired of counting. Odd. I mean, if I was really confident I was going to win, I wouldn't want to stop counting when the other guy was ahead. Would you guys want to do that? No, you, you, you're like, well, let's get to the let's get to the good part here. Where I know I'm going to win. No, it just so happened we got tired in all of these states. We got tired of counting when Donald Trump was ahead. So America went to sleep. Midnight, one, two. In my case, three a.m. You wake up a few hours, and man, oh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed are ready to take on the day, Dr. Laura. And wouldn't you know, Joe Biden suddenly is winning all of these states. While you were sleeping, Sandra Bullock. 
It's a Christmas miracle. I'm sorry. It's a winter solstice miracle. I don't know. I mean, it could be. But 10% of people could be dying of COVID too, and they're not. Even that's what a lot of Americans believe. Where do they get these notions? The Fox News exit polls last night, and they released these about two hours before states started closing, made it look like America was a Cal Berkeley faculty meeting. 72% of Americans want single-payer health care. 70% of Americans want uh, Roe v. Wade untouched. I don't know if you, how many of those you guys saw, but they were beyond ridiculous. Everything you saw last night was fake. Just like everything you were told by the likes of Anthony Fauci, Robert Redfield, Debbie Burks, the legion, and I'm using that term on purpose, of panic porn peddlers in your media about this virus that threatened your way of life is fake too. It's fake as well. I said yesterday we were going to get clarity. We have clarity now. Fox News is fake. I've always thought it was. But you guys just told me I was nuts and it was all we have. Well, it's not all we have. We have other outlets like this one. But now you know. Now you know Fox is fake. Tucker Carlson is doing the Lord's work and a few other people notwithstanding. There's always a remnant. But as an entity, Fox News is fake. So... That's up to you now, folks. It's up to you, ladies and gentlemen. Are you back to watching it? Fox All Day is the only network I trust. If you are, that's a you problem. We can't help you. It's all out in the open now. Everything is. Where everybody stands. Who's going to actually fight? And then who's going to try to be the fake adult in the room? Well, you know, there's a rational... Here's my rational explanation. Go intercourse yourself. That's my rational explanation. Get the hell out of my way. I'll run you over on my way to them and enjoy it. How you like them apples? Everything's out in the open now. Who's fake and who's not? Now you know. Now you know. Now you know where you, how many Karen suburban neighbors you have. Too many. Don't trust them. They'll lead the they'll they'll lead the uh, the blue shirts right to your home, and tisk tisk out there on the sidewalk as they take your kids away from you. It's just a shame it came to this. Now you know, there's a lot of Hispanic folks that agree with you a hell of a lot more than a lot of your white suburban neighbors do. Now you know that. Now you know. Now you know who's fake and who's not. So it becomes about how we're going to act on that information. Daniel Horowitz is going to join us here for hour two in a moment on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Stay tuned. And greetings back with hour two live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show over on Parlor at Steve Dace. 
And check out our new YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash Steve Dace. Of course, all of those social media outlets, except for Parler, you're going to want to check me out there as soon as you possibly can, because I may not be able to be there much longer at, at the pace that I'm going now. Uh, also, uh, if you're a podcast listener, please remember, leave us a five-star review if you like the show. Uh, subscribe if, if you haven't done that yet on the podcast platform of your choice. The more of those we get, the more it helps our show to grow. Thanks to all of you that have hit the subscribe button for us and given us a five-star review already. Uh, this portion of the show brought to you by Gabby Insurance. You know, when you have the same car insurance or homeowner's insurance for years, you you kind of just go with the flow. You get trapped into paying premiums and, and not really thinking about it. And so it can be easier to overpay and not even realize it. And that's where Gabby comes in. They can help you stop overpaying for car and homeowner's insurance. You can see about getting a lower rate at the exact same coverage you already have, thanks to Gabby. Uh, they take the pain out of shopping for insurance. Um, and, and they do that with giving you an opportunity to, to size up your coverage with up to 40 of the top in, uh, insurance providers around the country, including big names like Nationwide and Travelers. Just link your current insurance account, and in minutes, you're going to be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you already have. I did it. And you know what was funny is it recommended to me that I get the exact plan from the exact insurance company that I currently have. So, see, if you've got the best that you can get for your situation, it'll tell you that too, right? And they'll never sell your info, and so you won't get any annoying spam or robocalls or anything like that. And it's totally free to check your rate, no obligation. Takes a few minutes right now. Stop overpaying on your car and homeowner's insurance. Go to Gabby.com slash Dace. That's G-A-B-I. Gabby.com slash Dace. That's Gabby.com slash Dace. All right, we're continuing the roundtable that we're having on last night's events and what they mean moving forward as a country. Uh, and I want to bring in our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, who right now probably feels like uh, he's a little too on the nose based on what's going on in the country right now. So, Daniel, I, I want to first start by just kind of getting and giving you the form, the platform. Uh, your big picture view of of everything i guess what do you think sure um i think what the voters learned last night is there's one rule of engagement in this country the cultural marxists win we lose by hook or by crook they will get what they want so they will try everything they can to discredit your people and your views if they can't do that they'll try to steal an election if they can't do that and you win an election they'll override the results of the election by going to court, not just saying on the election results, but on the policies. So, you know, it's funny. We all we're hearing now. Well, the, you know, the people decide, you know, whether you like it or not. This is kind of the, the result. This is what we see. Here's the proposition that we are facing, Steve. And I'm going to give a 20 year look, a long overview. And that is basically when we, when we lose an election, we're always used to losing elections. It happens no matter what. Even if we have good candidates and ideas, usually we don't because we're trapped in this Republican Party. But um, we come in there and we're like, all right, we're fine. Not everything in life is an election, especially a federal election. And you think, all right, I'll move to Iowa. You know, Iowa, Ohio seems to be real bright spots. Florida, there's places to go. Certainly, when Democrats lose the election, if Trump were to kind of pull this out, well, if you're a Biden supporter or likely you're not a Biden supporter, but you're just a Marxist or you hate Trump, well, you have plenty of places to go. 
You could go to California and many, many other states, frankly, states that only recently became blue, but are just as controlled as California. And you could have as much sodomy, as much as many sex change operations, as many illegal aliens running loose with MS-13, as many criminals let out of jail. And you whatever you want, you could have, you know, five votes cast per person if you're of the right ilk, you know, uh, no voter ID ballot harvesting, whatever you want, you could do. And we we see that in those blue states. So you would hope that if we lose, all right, you know, we have where to go and we have redress. After all, there are a bunch of states where Republicans did pick up legislators. They flipped like in New Hampshire. They strengthened like in West Virginia, uh, Florida solid, Ohio solid. But then you have the problem, and I'm going to put aside just the fact that the Republican Party disenfranchises us because then they give give you know give us Democrat outcomes. But putting that aside, the few good things they do, guess what happens, Steve? Well, the election results are final. No, they're not. Every single thing that is done is taken to court, a lower court, irrespective of what the Supreme Court has said, and it's thrown out, and it creates a cultural political and electoral gerrymander in those states. The reason why the Democrats are where they are today in Wisconsin and Michigan, but really in particular in Arizona, North Carolina, and let's say Colorado, is because it started with the courts. It started when they got all their voter anomalies, the same-day registration, the lack of photo ID. You could Google Arizona v. any court case, Every single thing Republicans won, hard-fought elections. I had an activist cry to me before over the work they did on photo ID in North Carolina. Gone. Gone by the Fourth Circuit. Arizona, verifying citizenship. All the laws to ensure illegals don't come to the state in the first place. If they come, they can't vote. Um, they can't get benefits. And then all the, the voter uh, integrity laws, common sense laws that are just simple, simple oversight that we do for banking and for private things, for buying Sudafed. No, 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 no. Everything, they get what they want. They don't accept the results. Then they take those ill-gotten achievements that override usually a mixture of state and federal law in the Constitution and 200 years of history and tradition, and that's the new baseline. And it creates a culture of same-day registration, a culture of ballot harvesting, a culture of of mail-in ballots as a replacement for elections, not just a limited supplement for extenuating circumstances. And then you can't take that away. And then the courts mandate it anyway. So they have it, when they win, they enact all this stuff. When we win and we try to kind of just go back to equilibrium, no, it's too late. And now they want to say, hey, you know, it's the same thing. When you want to go and count uh, Arizona because you think you might close the margin, nope. Well, you, you lost it. Oh, but but no, I mean, it looks like uh, Biden, I can guarantee you, is going to get whatever he needs out of mail-ins from the best county that has to come in at exactly that moment, even though the election day voting was able to be tabulated, which is harder to tabulate in an inner city. And that's usually why the city is coming later. But the election, the mail-in do vote doesn't need to come in. They always get what they need. So this, Steve, is my long view. I don't know what happens here. I don't know what did happen in some of these states. But I do know how we got here. 
And how we got here is a one-sided view of everything in law and policy. Sometimes they legitimately get to second base, Steve. But it's only because they got to first base by lying, cheating, and stealing. When I am, that's really well said, brother. Uh, Here is my big fear, Daniel. And I I talked about this last hour. I talked about it with Glenn Beck this morning. You know, and you and I have talked a lot over the last couple of years. Why would you pick these kinds of fights with the people who own all the guns? Right? Who starts a fight? Who starts a civil war with the people who had the guns? And we kind of laugh. That's kind of dumb, stupid. And then the thought occurred to me a couple of months ago. This is actually not a bug. It's a feature. That this is on purpose. That I think what what's going on here is to take every element that we have. You know, how have we sustained ourselves as the longest experiment in self-government and human freedom east of Eden in the history of our species? How have we done it? Well, there's two things that our founders looked at history and 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 tried to learn from wisdom of what went wrong in the past. And one was rights come from God and not government. Because if you have liberty by law, by the king, the king can, hey, you got liberty now, but what happens when a pharaoh who knows not Joseph arises, right? He may be, he goes Darth Vader on you. Hey, I'm altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. I'm the law. I'm I'm the Senate, right? Elections aren't winner take all. Yeah. Yeah. Liberty by God. That's the, that's God's natural state of man is to be free and accountable to him. And that's true of the king, and that's true of the subject, that's true of the government and the governed, and that's why the governed give consent to be governed. The The second thing was they gave us a system, a political system, where we could fight this out, we could have civil war at the ballot box so that we didn't do this in the streets. And, 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 and within that system, there would be a, a form of mutual assured destruction. Three branches of government if one went out of whack the other two could hold them accountable the one that was given the least amount of direct accountability to the voters the judicial branch was given the most direct accountability to the other two branches meaning they can't even have a judicial branch without the other two consenting to it through nominations funding jurisdictional authority everything they they literally thought through all of these nuances and then we would fight these things out politically so we wouldn't fight each other and there would be mutual assured destruction, meaning within, within, within the sphere, you would be not incentivized to go outside to John Brown something. Yep. Because the mutual assured destruction would blow back on you and cause you political harm and damage for your causes, your stances, the ground that you have. You wouldn't want to risk that. And there would be this tension that would just go on. Within a certain fulcrum, a little bit back and forth generationally, but we wouldn't lose our damn minds. And that's how we could sustain ourselves. What has happened in this last generation is one side of this argument, as you just articulated, has been permitted by the other to violate these rules of engagement. There is no punishment for these leftists going way outside the lines. And now they're and 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 they're five minutes away from being John Brown. Hell, that's what Antifa is, frankly, their version of it. They're, they're way outside of the sphere. They're like playing in another in another neighborhood. And Republicans are over here still. Hey, guys, come back. Come back, Shane. These are this is this is and, and they're over here burning down cities. 
And there's no punishment. They're not defunded. They're not threatened. You and I threaten them at the ballot box when we vote against them. But then after the election, the time between elections, where are they punished? And here's why you need this. If they're not punished, then there won't be anybody on the other side who steps forward and says, hey, Andrew Sullivan, of all people, is actually trying to do this right now. The godfather of the gay rights movement has now been excommunicated from the Atlantic. He's out there right now on Twitter. Pluralistic democracy, he says, is not white supremacy, you woke idiots. People disagree with you, including black and brown people. Trump's going to get the highest percentage of non-white voters by a Republican in 60 years. It's just a matter of what the number is. And Sullivan's like, hello, adults, people disagree. Beat them at the ballot box. But if you can't figure out how to live with people, you're going to destroy the country. See, I think it's not that they don't know this, but that they do. They do. See, I I think they, I think one more thing. I think they want to take all the, 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 the peaceful means we have to fight back. Court's gone. Political party, you don't have one. Standing, who cares? And force us into a position where we look at each other and say, then I, I guess, hey, Antifa's on my front lawn. I guess lock and load. Here we go. I think they want that. I think they want that level of deconstruction. I think they want that, that level of dissembling. And that breaks my heart and it makes me mad um, because it creates a zero-sum game. Yes. And that's, that's my fear, Daniel. I don't know where we turn, but the thing is they know that the Republican Party went along with this. And because they went along with this is why the Democrats have so much power. People don't realize – again, I I, I cannot reiterate this enough. Part of how Arizona went downhill is because Republicans weren't allowed to use their tenure in power the way the Democrats do and have done in Colorado and Virginia the minute they got control of it. And partly why they got control in the first place is because of that. But in Arizona, they lost the very issues that they created through Democratic legislators that gerrymandered their state in so many ways and killed their election verification process. We don't even realize. We kind of laugh it off and write it off. It just this is the most dramatic, consequential thing ever. But we always lose elections due to this. I mean, people forget that pursuant to the laws of North Carolina, and they are on the books today, courts don't rip them out. And likely the Supreme Court will rule against it, but it doesn't matter. The damage is always done when they need it. In the Fourth Circuit, ballot harvesting is illegal in North Carolina. Um, Roy Cooper, the governor, he won fair and square last night over his Republican uh, Lieutenant Governor uh, Dan Forrest who ran against him. But he is only governor to begin with because four years ago, his margin of victory was exclusively from ballot harvesting, which pursuant to state law that Republicans worked very hard for a generation to flip those bodies for the first yes. time since Reconstruction. And they worked so hard and they couldn't get the fruits of their labor like the Democrats get in California. And like you said, there was that mutual assured dis- destruction. See, I can understand If you're like, Daniel, you know, look, you got to suck it up. You don't want to go to the courts when you're screwed up in a blue state like where I am in Maryland, you know, because you don't want it to screw with you in a red state. So, you know, let them do the tranny stuff and mandate it and mandate stuff on you and you lose your your even your fundamental rights sometimes. 
but at least they won't mess with us when we do lawful things in red or states. Or you can move to North Dakota yeah. if you want to. Yeah. Right. But no, you can't. Because in Idaho, a friend of mine worked so hard to get the rhino governor to sign the bill to uh, uh, stop Idaho State from having men in female sports. Ninth Circuit said, screw you. Uh, they created a, a, a constitutional right to uh, female sports, access to female sports. And, um, you know, they had problems with uh, encampments, the homeless encampments, big problem all over the West, particularly the West, but really everywhere now. Oh, that's Portland. That's San Francisco. No, it's not. That's Boise. They tried to do something about it. Screw you. The Supreme Court, both cases kind of allowing these novel things that violate past precedent to, to, to continue. So we can't do anything. I cannot tell you, Steve, how many pro-life initiatives and election integrity stuff that merely upholds the integrity portions of the Motor Voter Act of 1993, which is never enforced, of course, were never even pushed in these states because the governors and state legislators says we, we don't have the money and time to defend it in court. We're going to lose. So it voids out the election results. We don't have anywhere to go. It's winner take let, let me all draw an analogy. Of what, let me draw an analogy of what you just said. Because what's going to happen on our side is there's, and it's already occurring, the nuance debate. All right. The nuance police are, good, are already out in droves. It's time for somebody to be the adults. Okay. So, I, I mean, are you saying that these are like just made up votes and that, that, I mean, that's ridiculous. That's conspiratorial. Okay. And, 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 and that's, that's the political porn that you're going to get over at the mainline uh, conservative network uh, over on uh, Fox. That, that's the mainline church over there. All right. That's, that's not the, that, that's a stupid argument and not the point that Daniel and I are making. Let's say it's a football game and one side gets to decide what all of the rules are. One side gets to decide what a touchdown is worth. Now, it's worth the same for both sides, but they get to decide everything. Everything. They get to pick the referees. They get to pick whether the game is home or away. They get to, and you know what? Since they own the media, they get to pick the announcers. They get to influence how you're watching and see the game when it's going on at home. And so, like, you're watching the game at home, and you're like, wow, that guy's two feet definitely were not in bounds. He didn't catch that ball. But the announcers are adamant. You know, the more and more we look at this instant replay, it certainly looks like you got that second foot down, Jim. While Dick, I completely agree. I mean, look at it. You can see the green coming up, and you're looking at, well, I mean, maybe it's kind of green. I guess maybe you got some of the white shot. You see where I'm going with this, Daniel? And, and the more and more they run the replay, and the more and more the announcers are adamant that he got two feet in, you're like, yeah, it's an iffy play. I guess I wouldn't overturn it. Changed your viewpoint just by watching in five minutes. Now, both sides are playing the same game. It is a real game. A touchdown is six points for either side. An extra point is one point for both sides. But one side got to pick all the rules, got to pick the officials, and then got to pick who are the announcers to portray the event to the viewing public at home. That's what's going on here. It's not that, it's not that the touchdowns that were scored in that game were fake. It's not that the field goals that were scored in that game weren't, weren't real. You didn't really watch the ball go through, the, go through the, the uprights. That's not the point. And that's the stupid nuance argument. That's the Washington Examiner crowd. Screw all of you. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is they've set up a system so they can lie and cheat lawfully. Yes. That's what it, that's what Daniel's talking about. Yes, it's legal. That's the problem. They can do it out in the open. 
Well, it says right there, Pennsylvania law, they have to count ballots that are dated even days after, provided they came in. says it right there in the law. It's the law. That's the problem, that it is the law. They have set up a system that they are permitted to do this unlawfully and call it law right in front of you. That's the mirage. It's exactly. It's basically a system where they are permanently given first and goal with an unlimited number of tries because of the rules you said. And we are permanently having our backs towards our end zone with only a Hail Mary option. And even that could always have a flag thrown at it and and have that reversed. That's that's what we're facing. Now, you're watching the, the, the passes being thrown and the kicks being made, but that's what ultimately happens every single time. And and let's look at this prospectively. Let, let's take the thumbsucker argument. Well, let's concede very uh, graciously, and the voters will love it. Okay, so Biden becomes president. Now, you know, Steve, we, we've talked about this a lot. I'm not saying I want Biden as president, but I do have a game theory that you know you, you should be careful what you wish for. I could see an outcome where between him being literally insane and Kamala Harris being politically insane, they will fall out of favor with the public even quicker than Obama did because they really don't have the Obama mandate. They would have nothing. They would have a good part of the country totally wanted Trump, and the part that didn't didn't want them. They just didn't like Trump's personality. They didn't win on – I mean Trump had to say, I'm not banning fracking. That's what he had to say. Uh, Biden, right? So you look at the midterms. The midterms are all those states, right? Most state governments, governors are up midterms. Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, all those states. Given the demographics that we have, we're going to keep that Trump you know, coalition, and then a good part of the suburban voters are going to drift back because of what they do, And if you, especially if you don't have Trump's persona as this bogeyman. And – I'm, I'm not kidding. 2022 could be unbelievable. You look at the map, it could be unbelievable. But so what? I'm only 35, but I feel like I'm 100, and I've been doing this forever. It happens every time. We did this already. And then what happens? Nothing. Nothing. Because all the stuff the Democrats put in place that they got through the legislative process, which sometimes is unconstitutional, sometimes it's middle ground where it's fair game, but it doesn't have to be done. We come in and say, all right, we don't want same-day registration. No, that that targets black voters. Well, what do you mean? We never had it until the Dems had it. We never had 50 days of early voting until it... No, that's the new thing. So their entire composition of the electorate, Steve, the reason why this election is even close is built off of ill-gotten one-sided gains. Yes. And, and you... You see this in the courts all the time. If you have time, I want to share with you a vivid juxtaposition that ties in gay marriage, election law, and the loss of Arizona in general, even if we win it in the end, but it's going south, and there's a reason for that. This is an observation made by no other figure than John Roberts, Chief Justice. As you all know, Steve, we had elections. We were outspent often 10 to 1 in the early 2000s, And we won, what was it, 32 out of 32 marriage referendums, reaffirming a state's definition of marriage. So I think it was 32, somewhere around then. We won every one, more than half of them by super majorities. 
comes to the courts, winner take all. Screw you. The, the Constitution says states can't control marriage, even though me, Anthony Kennedy, just wrote two years ago in Windsor that states only control marriage. But, you know, that was just to screw the feds. We win, you lose. Okay. That same week, in June 25th or so of 2015, there was a case of Arizona, the state of state legislature, sued because they had a referendum where the people voted for an independent commission to draw the districts. Everyone likes independent commissions. And mind you, they're always lopsided. So wherever Democrats get control, the state legislatures get to do what they want. If Republicans do, no, 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 independent commission. So fine. The state legislature sued because they're like, dude, I mean, you might think it's a good idea, bad idea, but the Constitution is clear. It says state legislature like seven times. The state legislature has that power. I mean, you just you could do a lot with with a referendum, but not everything. And that's what it is. And uh, what's her name? It was Sotomayor or Ginsburg. I can't remember. Wrote the majority five to four opinion. You the people have risen up. Supermajority popular expression. This is what they want. And these politicians are coming and taking away from they did that within three days of screwing 32 popular referendums on the crux of civilization and procreation. That was John Roberts' observation in his dissent in that Arizona case. You can't win a system like that. Are, are you saying that you're concerned the guy who decided that a state exchange doesn't mean state exchange if the federal government comes into your state and sets up the state exchange, even though they're the feds? Um, are, you, are you saying that that guy is shady? Are you saying the guy that told Arizona, hey, tough luck uh, if President Obama won't enforce the immigration laws, you can't enforce them either, but you do have to pay the freight for the feds not enforcing the immigration laws and leaving the problem to you? Are, are you worried about where that guy is at on things, right? Are you concerned about yeah. the guy that when the Obama administration attorneys looked him right in the eye and said, under sworn testimony at the U.S. Supreme Court, that the Obamacare individual mandate was not a tax, then turn around and salvaged Obamacare and its individual mandate by declaring the mandate a tax? I could go on, but it sounds to me, and I, I want to make sure we don't go off on a conspiratorial tip here, but it sounds to me like you're dubious of said individual. Am I wrong? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, sort of the same individual that says... That immigration law is such a federal thing that you can't even assist and compliment and echo at a state level immigration law. And, and oh, this, but this it, is this but is. It, but, th but if you're New York ahead. and California, then you could thwart federal immigration law and criminalize the enforcement of it. And again, Steve, that's the thing. You know, you want to say, see, really, um, this is a this is a legitimately a federal issue, and sanctuary cities are unconstitutional. Hold and on a second. We're violate. getting in the weeds. I, I want to make a larger point. Yeah. That you, I want to reset but, but, the larger but, but, point but, you're but making. Steve, no, but, but I'm just saying the point The point with that is, but I could give on that and say, you know what? Let California be California, even on issues that really aren't state. I, I, I could give on that. And I've had these discussions. With, but when we get control, look at Iowa, look at Florida, look at Ohio. There's so many good things you can do with it. No, there isn't. Because if you could actually get Republicans with balls, Every last thing will be screwed with by the courts. Well, that's why there's so many of our people banking on this election. They know what you're saying is true. Maybe they can or cannot quantify it as well as you just did, but they instinctively know it. They've lived through all of this. 
They know that this system cannot be trusted. That's why they see Donald Trump as the last thing standing between them and just, I guess it's on, I guess I got to do this myself. And that's, to me, that's where we're at in this moment right now, is that that this can't be allowed to stand. Similar to what happened to Brett Kavanaugh. I think Brett Kavanaugh is going to be, at best, a disappointing U.S. Supreme Court justice. Yep. But, but we could not allow the precedent to stand that the rules of engagement permit them now to just character assassinate on demand. We can't do that. And we can't allow this to stand. Because next time, next time maybe it'll be somebody that runs on Trump's agenda like your boy DeSantis, but doesn't have the personal issues that grate on people. So we won't have the excuse for, not vote for, for why he might have lost, right? That excuse is off the table, right? And they just do it to him again out in broad daylight. What are we going to do about it then? No, same thing with Kavanaugh. It's bigger than Trump. It was bigger than him. This can't be allowed to stand because of the precedent that it sets. More in a moment. Did you know the average American has almost 100 points that they can add to their credit score and still have no idea how to get them? Well, ScoreMaster is the new credit science that super duper boosts your credit score. And when we mean super duper, we mean it. We're not talking a few points here or there. Uh, That's kind of weak. How about the average ScoreMaster user can raise their score 60 points in 20 days or less? Say your score is in the 500, 600s. That can be the difference between getting an approval or not, that kind of raise, or the kind of rate, offer, terms, if you do get the approval. And that can be a home loan, car loan, business loan, if you're a business owner, maybe even a job these days. A lot of employers are doing credit background checks nowadays as well. Uh, so how do they do this? They, they put the information, they arm you with your actual credit report. When you've seen your mortgage lender go through it and you're looking through all this stuff, you're like, it's really confusing. Uh, credit, I mean, ScoreMaster takes your credit report, puts it in front of you, walks you through it. So it's, it's, you're armed with the knowledge. Here's why you have the score you have. And then it takes it to the next step. Here's where you can, how you can get to the score you want and, and what you need to do to get there. So if you want to learn more or give it a shot, enroll in minutes. See how many plus points ScoreMaster can add to your credit score by visiting scoremaster.com slash Steve. Again, that's scoremaster.com slash Steve. Let's get back to our weekly profit of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz. All right, we've talked a lot of meta. Let's get into this, what's going to happen with this election right now, because um, I kind of feel like we're one of the only outlets in the country that uh, those who voted for what's left of America last night think they can go to get an honest appraisal of the situation after what happened with Fox News and everything last night and some of its own talent went to war against them on air in real time with what went on with their calls last night. What they did with uh, with uh, Virginia was beyond irresponsible. And then what they did with Arizona, I, I would just say is nothing. It's just mere. It's, it's pure, unadulterated voter suppression is what they did in Arizona. So. I, I, I was on the phone uh, in, this morning talking to some little birdies I know uh, in, that, that are working with the White House, kind of on its, uh, uh, its it, I guess we'll call it uh, its dispatch team, the, the, you know, the, the, the ground war team, and working in the White House. They seemed very confident they were going to win Arizona. Uh, one of the um, uh, forecasters that's out there now, Data Labs, is actually now saying that Trump is in line to win Arizona 
from what they can see from the remaining vote that is still out there. But Arizona is not going to count that all of that vote, I guess, until tomorrow is was my is my understanding. So the what, what I'm what I am surmising from the people I've talked to is that they believe their lead in Pennsylvania is going to hold. And you seem to think that last night I remember seeing before I went to bed and they think they are going to win Arizona. And if they win Arizona and they win Pennsylvania, they're at 270 and they 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 win re-election and then they can come back and fight the rest of whatever went on here tonight after they get the first objective accomplished, which is winning this election. That was their belief. Now, the two two of the people I talked to about this, I have been friends with long before Donald Trump was a a force of nature in American politics or even taken seriously. So am I getting spun? Am I getting hippy-dippy stuff? Uh, from them, no. Now, maybe what they're being told could be. Okay, that could be true. But again, I, I've known these individuals for a long time. We have been friends for a long time and are not going to BS each other. Um. I mean, one of the one of the little birdies I talked to said to me, hey, would I rather be the perceived leader in the clubhouse than where we are at? Yeah. But I'm telling you, I've looked at I've looked at our math in Arizona and Pennsylvania, and I believe we are going to win those states, win them with the count Now we won't have to even take this thing to the courts. We can win them with the actual count, provided they're they're counted the way that they are supposed to be. So, Daniel, your thoughts on that? So, Steve, I think the two states have different stories. So let's start with Arizona. Arizona is not a matter of contesting anything. It just it hasn't been counted. Um, That's more of just a political issue that Fox started this and some others followed suit to put Trump at a political disadvantage. Because had he won Arizona, it would have been very or not won Arizona. But had it not been called the other way, it would have been very much on par that, hey, he's very much in the game. Let's see what happens. So this made it seem like Trump's the one kind of contesting, you know, what what they think really occurred. Um, But it's just a matter of it just hasn't been counted. Now, stuff could go on. But the reality is, if you look at what was going on the whole night, what they are talking about is not what we were told Biden would achieve in Wisconsin and ultimately seem to achieve of getting 82 percent of that batch of votes uh, that were mail-ins. Now, what, what, was, what Daniel's talking about, just to clarify, when we all went to bed last night in, in Wisconsin, uh, they had to they had to win 79 percent. The Biden side did had to win 79 percent of the remaining votes in order to catch Trump in the lead that he had. When we woke up this morning, as they continue to count, they won 85% of those votes. That's what you're talking about. Because we were all like, there's no way they're getting 79% of the final 10% remaining vote. And we were right. Wisconsin is claiming they got 85% of the final 10% of the remaining vote. That's what you're talking about. So so on the one hand, we we kept seeing the split. And and look, it varied a little bit by state. It's not exact science. But this two-thirds, one-third split where the Dems seem to be doing two-thirds on the mail-ins, the Republicans are doing two-thirds on the election day votes. So on the one hand, like 82%, 85%, whatever it was, was totally kosher. But on the other hand, my understanding is Arizona, they need about 62%. That's, no, you can't do it. Let's call it for for, for Biden. It didn't make any sense. So I do think 
based on also I don't like basing off of polling, but if you look at Robert Kahaley, he was kind of right on almost everything within a point or two. Meaning um, that he, well, he was right. His narrative of how the election played out was correct. The narrative was for sure right, but, but yeah. the numbers like really, if I'm like you're if, if I'm running for statewide office in Florida, hire Robert Kahaley as your pollster. That dude freaking exactly. knows that state, obviously. Yeah, exactly, Florida, but really everywhere he got right, and even Nevada, um, you know, Kahaley's poll had Trump up 0.5, so he might lose it by 0.5. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's like you know it's pretty close. So Arizona, you know, he had him up a few. And it will be narrow, but the notion that they were going to lose it, that really did surprise all of us. So I do think that makes sense. And, and again, They think they're going to win it by ten to 30,000 votes. Does that sound realistic yeah. to you? That, 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 to me, we saw this in every state. It started and it went to like 70%. I had people panicking and calling me, Daniel, what's up with Ohio? Oh my gosh, we're going to lose Ohio. And he like blew it out by maybe even a little bit more than last time, over eight points. Mm-hmm. And that was because the election day was so overwhelming, that final 30%. And, you know, this is not Ohio where he's going to, you know, that's already lost. He's not going to win it by eight and a half. But this is very similar to North Carolina. The way that turned out, it didn't flip till later. Uh, Biden was very much ahead when they were counting uh, early voting, which was the majority of the votes. But then they waited to count it. And, you know, it seems like he won by about 1.4. And it'll be somewhere within that, probably closer. But it's like calling North Carolina for Biden. I mean, it just made no sense what they did. So I think it sounds about right, but it's close. All right, let's 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 stipulate. That they that they're right about Arizona and win there. Yep. To me, this this brings us to what I was always afraid was the nightmare scenario. And I said this yep. to one of my little birdies, so uh, who was very confident that they had won Arizona. So I said, so we're really talking about Pennsylvania's Florida two thousand, like you and I were talking for the last couple of weeks. I said to this little birdie of mine, he kind of paused and he said, "Yeah." So they're prepared for outright warfare. In Pennsylvania, they're gonna they are dispatching people there as we speak right now, hand to hand combat in that state. And I, 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 you know, I said this. I was on a Christian radio show earlier this week, and the host asked me, "Hey, what what would you have us pray for for this election?" I said, "Pray that we get a decisive result without the state of Pennsylvania." Well, I don't think we're gonna get that. All right, and we're looking at the Florida recount two thousand on steroids, given especially the state of the culture how divisive and polarized it is compared to then, and then just how nuts, crazy, and bad at this the current government in Pennsylvania happens to be. So let's stipulate that they're going to pull Arizona out. What happens next then in Pennsylvania? So here's the thing. Obviously, they should be counting even more today. I mean, Trump was up six, 700,000 for a while. It's down to like 500,000. We know it's going gonna, it's gonna to be close. It is going to close, and it always does. And generally, that's how it works. But as I was saying all throughout the night, I mean, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, you look at the numbers and the big thing is Trump is within like eight points in Allegheny County. That's Pittsburgh. So he overperformed his margin last time he lost by about 15. He has all the numbers. Most of the collar counties that went bad are in Delaware, um, uh, Montgomery, Chester, he's actually overperforming in. Bucks, he's doing pretty good in. So even even a lot of Philadelphia is in. And Philadelphia is not the hall it was under Obama. And it might not even be the hall it was under Hillary for the Democrats. I just don't see the numbers. 
I see they should come out with at a minimum of 40, 50,000 votes. But my problem is, unlike Arizona, where we're counting the votes there, here it's they're the ones that supposedly have their pot. And their pot in their state, I think this is what you're worried about, is where mm-hmm. they're going to come up with you know, all sorts of just funny baloney mail How many ballots. votes they need? I've been saying it and, all along. I said it last night on Blaze TV. There were three phases to this election. The first was Trump had to win Florida to show he was even in the game, number one. Objective accomplished. Next, the next phase, open up the map to show a path to 270 that's more than just like one, I got to win them all. He, he, he did that, held North Carolina, held Georgia. All right, phase two. Now, phase three is when we got to the Rust Belt and the blue state governor chicanery phase. And that's the phase of the election we're in right now. I'm looking at a, a piece that just came out in The Federalist by, uh, by John Davidson um, uh, over at The Federalist. Uh, who was talking about how Wisconsin found in one of their vote dumps, um, 100% of the votes went to Joe Biden. Trump got zero. 100% to zero in one of their vote dumps. How is that even possible? How is that even mathematically possible? 100 to zero. That's the phase of this we're in right now. And if I'm the Trump well, team, I yeah. think it's smart to put all your eggs in the Pennsylvania basket and just let Michigan yes. and Wisconsin do their own thing because you can't win all three of those battles. I said this all along, too. You don't want to have to win three of those court challenges at once. You want one state. That's why you had to win Arizona. I think they're going to win Arizona based on what they're telling me. So Pennsylvania now becomes the Valley of Megiddo here. It becomes Broward. The whole state now becomes Broward County, Florida, 20 years ago. Also, the optics look better because it would be – the Biden team as the ones contesting it. Right. Right. So, you're not you're not trying you know, to stop votes from being counted in Michigan and Wisconsin. You're trying to make sure votes are counted in Pennsylvania. It's a different argument. That's what you're yes. Yeah. Completely. Although yeah. although it likely will eventually if they can't win with that, they eventually will move on to the next right. tranche, which is which the is here's the of, Al Franken post election dump. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The postmarked yeah. ballots that were set aside and that, you know, and, and that's the nightmare scenario of the Supreme Court. And the interesting thing is Roberts now is, you know, vote number six, not vote number five. So I don't know what's going to be with that. And again, Steve, I don't like it. But like 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 Scalia said, and like I've been talking about the last 45 minutes, Scalia said this in Bush v. Gore. They're the SOBs who went to the courts to, to start changing stuff. They're the ones who did it. So they were just reining in the judicial branch of government because the Supreme Court is indeed the supreme body of the judicial branch of government. They're not right. the supreme over the other branches of government. So, I mean, I think that's that's the thing there. All right, we got to go really quick. A week ago, a week from now, when we have you on, 30 seconds, what, am, what are we talking about? Steve, that's tough. I don't see Trump pulling it out. You know, I'm going to disappoint a lot of people. I just think the wheels are grinding, and I think they're going to have what they need. And I cannot imagine the courts backing up Trump. I hope I'm wrong, but I cannot imagine Trump in this environment winning this. Because frankly, if if 2000 would be 2020 and Bush would be Trump, I think Florida would have gone the other way. All right, man. Always appreciate you. God bless you, brother. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Have a good one. You bet.
You know, we do a lot of cool things for our pets. We take them for walks, runs. Uh, we take them for rides. My dog, Cap, loves going for rides. Uh, we take them to the groomers. We love on them. We cuddle with them. We feed them. Uh, you know what they also need, though, is good nutrition, because chances are, speaking of feeding them, that food that you get uh, at the store-bought uh, doesn't have a lot of the nutrition they need. It's been stripped of the vitamins, minerals, nutrients, uh, omega oils, pre- and probiotics. It's been stripped for long shelf life, mass production, and the same thing happens to our human food. That's why the supplement section is one of the largest sections at every grocery store today. Thankfully, there's one for your pet to put that all that good stuff right back in your dog's food. It's called Rough Greens. It's a powder that you mix in your pet's food that tastes great. So whatever food they love, they're going to love it even more. But it's got the stuff that they need more mixed in as well. And right now you can try their Jumpstart bag. It's a two-week supply. And you see, for fourteen ninety five, if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less, when you go to roughgreens.com slash blaze, that's R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com slash blaze. Again, that's roughgreens.com slash blaze. There's so much we have not had the time to talk about today. So for the overtime, we're going to just stick around. We're going to be joined by our good friend, uh, Jordan Schachtel, uh, who does a lot of uh, independent uh, skullduggery and muckraking. Uh, he's going to be joining us for a roundtable follow-up conversation. We're going to try to touch on as many more angles of what's going on with this election right now as we possibly can. If you're a Blaze TV subscriber, go to blazetv.com slash dace later today. We'll have the overtime posted for you. You can watch it on demand at your convenience. If you want to become a Blaze TV subscriber so that you don't miss out, use the promo code Steve for our biggest discount ever. Promo code Steve right now at blazetv.com. All right, gentlemen, uh, any final thoughts before we head out of here for the overtime? I just want to crystallize what I said before about the the need to fight. And I mean constitutionally, your innards, redirecting yourself, what it means to be a conservative in that regard. Uh, right now, it, after hearing all that, yeah, I think it, we're ultimately going to lose too because too much of being a conservative means being comfortable, being happy, all of those things. It, it never means sacrifice. It has to mean sacrifice. See, that's why I think we might not lose, because this is maybe where Trump's not one of us and why he might do this, because I think he'll do the kinds of things you're talking about. He's not like us. I, I think you're right. But this Trump's not a conservative. He's something else. And I think he may may shatter the paradigm here. At least I hope I hope that's the case. We'll have more to say about this, though, in the overtime. You don't want to miss it. All right. John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.